0: today on the Talent Cast. Is there an unspoken thing when people are looking for an employer brand? Is there some sort of mystery we're trying to solve? Is there some sort of missing piece? Yeah. Yeah, there is. And that's actually a huge problem. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Talent Cast. I'm your host, James Ellis. This podcast has one simple goal, to change the conversation around recruiting, employer brand, and hiring. Simple as that. The only way we can do that is by making this a 100% no pitch zone, meaning no one's making any money, no one's giving any money, nobody's sponsoring anything. So please come join us, come learn, come engage in this conversation, come grow our industry with me. Uh, if you want to talk to me, I'm on Twitter at The War for Talent, or you can look at our website, thetalentcast.com. Otherwise, let's get to it. Hey, how you doing? James Ellis here. Housekeeping. Uh, Literally, seven days from now, I will be winging my way from Chicago to sunny, I hope, San Diego for ERE. Are you going to be there? You should come see me, or at least say hello, or bump into me, or tweet me, or get on the app and nudge me and i don't know let's get coffee do i like coffee if you have to ask that what are you doing here this must be your first day by the way this is my fourth cup of coffee thanks for asking also uh gonna be in nashville next month let's call it next month recruit con go take a look at that and i'm going to be in austin for social recruiting strategies conference show up for that one if you need uh you know um discount codes or whatever, ping me and it'll hit me up and I think I can help you out with the social recruiting ones. Um, I might be able to help you with RecruitCon. We'll see how that goes. If you're asking me about ERE, it's really late. What have you been doing? Uh, You better get your ass in gear and make that happen. So uh, what do you want to talk about? Oh, by the way, one last thing. Uh, Last week, I was on Recruiting Animals. So if you get a chance and you think That's the sort of thing you want to hear and you missed it. You should absolutely hear it. I try not to sound like an idiot. I don't completely succeed. Um, So there you go. It's a lot of fun. I get called Jimmy a lot. So that was something. Uh, but thanks for animal for having me on. Uh, had a great time. Once I figured out where I could fit and where I didn't, <laughs> if you if you heard it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, thanks so much for listening. And then uh, yeah, hopefully when I get a chance to do more podcasts like that, hopefully, 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 I will be able to talk about an upcoming episode of the Employer Brand Podcast. I'm trying to finalize details. I'm is not on Jorgen. If It's not on you. That's on me. I have, I'm have i taking forever to make this happen. I am sorry. I apologize. I want nothing more than show up to your podcast. Uh, so there's that. Anyway, let's get back to the matter at hand. So I was shifting gears. I was messing around on Quora. You know, Quora, Q-U-O-R-A, the place where people ask questions and actually get decent answers, unlike, say, a Yahoo Answers place, which those answers are decent, but in a hilarious, sarcastic way. Quora is much, much better um, whether it's the culture, whether it's the fact that you can upvote things, I'm not sure exactly how that works, but it does seem to work. And someone asked this question, and I'm not going to quote them and I'm not going to name them out because there's simply no need because this kind of question is endemic to what we do here when it comes to employer brand stuff. And The question breaks down to effectively, how do we build an employer brand that helps us look diverse? Another version of that might be, how do we build an employer brand that makes us look energetic? How do we build an employer brand that helps us look exciting or sexy? And we talked about sexy last time, right, or two times ago. How do we make an employer brand that makes us blank? And there's this, there should be an ellipse there, right? There should be that dot, dot, dot bit afterwards. And it should say what we all know to be true. Because if you're asking this question, this has to be true. And that dot, dot, dot leads to when we're not. How do we establish an employer brand that shows how diverse we are when we're not? How do we establish an employer brand that shows us shows how sexy we are when we're not, or how exciting we are when we're not, or how uh, technologically driven we are when we're not, or how agile and flexible and 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 oh, here's a good one. How do we show off an employer brand that shows how much we care about employees when we don't? Um, that, it, right? Isn't that the piece that's that, you, you, if you have to ask that question, how do we make an employer brand that shows off our diversity? And I'm going to focus on this one, not because I want to beat up on diversity for any particular reason, but because I think the, what applies to that specific question also applies across the board. And you can, and rather than get lost in the details, let's focus on one element here. Wh- uh, right? You're trying to say. So think about the, the the thought process that got to that point where someone said, "Okay, I've seen the data. The data says." The more diverse we are, the better off we are. There's all sorts of Harvard Business Review and other studies that show if you've got a diverse board, you're more likely to make money. If you've got a diverse company, you're more likely to come up with better solutions and more innovative solutions. And at times, things may be slower, but you end up faster to the final solution with fewer rework. and and There's so many non-political, non-morality-driven arguments for why diversity is so incredibly important for every single company. Uh, And I do not want this to be an episode about morality, so let's just assume that for business reasons, because it makes things so much simpler, that for business reasons, you want to be more diverse or you want to show off more diverse. And the thing is, if you are not a diverse company, if you're a company of 50 people and you're all white dudes with a handful of white women thrown in and that sounds like most companies i've worked around um, you've get you know you've got i won't say token but you've certainly got one person who might be vaguely brown or vaguely black or may actually be brown or black but they're the only ones like they picked them up at a at a fair somewhere you're like oh look what i found i found I found someone who's diverse can you check the box and we're good um, and you know those companies they're not usually pretty good at showing off gay people or veterans or you know there's uh, there's all sorts of elements of diversity that when you don't have diversity what little diversity you have tends to curl up in a tiny little ball armadillo style and not show off, right? If you've got 50 white people and one black person do you think that person is going to be the blackest person you've ever seen? No, they're going to kind of portray themselves to fit in they're going to push out a little bit more of a white culture focus and they're going to maybe hide a couple of bands and a couple of things they do or care about in their back pocket you don't need to know about that Someone once said, uh, <laughs> a friend of mine on Twitter, who I will not reveal, uh, said, has there ever been a gay person who, said, who answered, the, answered, answered the following question truthfully to a non-gay person? How was your weekend? No. Every gay person says, look, you're a straight person. You do not need to know about my life to that level. I'm going to withhold a lot of stuff. If you are not in a diverse company, the trick is even if you want to be diverse, Getting over the hurdle of making yourself diverse is insanely hard. It's insanely hard. It's just absolutely hard. Because if you're saying, okay, if we've got 50 white people and we want to bring in more black or brown, Latinx or whatever you want, whatever particular audience you want, Asian Pacific Islanders, I don't care. It doesn't matter. If you want to bring in more X, you have to have some X. The first person, the first black person is gonna be terrified to work for you. They're gonna look around and go, there is nobody here like me. Uh Uh-oh, uh-oh. So you know you're not diverse and you know this is a problem you have to solve and you've had that thought where you said well gosh if our employer brand says that we are diverse then I guess it will be easier to attract diverse people well how do you make an employer brand show off diversity when you're not well you could lie (laughs) and I think the list ends there if you're 50 white people and maybe one black or brown person you're that person's gonna be in a lot of photos and it's and it's gonna show it's gonna be pretty crystal clear there was like that dude's there again Uh, everybody remembers the university of wisconsin madison where they photoshopped in a black person into a photo they were already in so that person literally shows up twice in a crowd and you go ah busted you can lie i mean that's that's a way of showing and that's usually the best way to do it, unfortunately. And actually, that's not true. That's not the best way to do it. It's a horrible way to do it. That's a bad way of doing it. But sometimes you feel like you have no other choice but to lie, right? If you were talking about how energetic we are, how youthful we are, how agile we are, how you get an employer brand that shows off how incredibly cool we are when we're not, you have to make something up. Or you have to go to that marketer's uh, playbook of finding the unusual use case and blowing it up to be the standard case, right? Where you say, ah, well, if you take this pill, you could lose up to 10% of your body weight in six weeks. You could if you do 7,000 other things and never eat for six weeks and you sit in a sauna for six weeks and sweat like a pig for six weeks. Sure, that pill would connect to it and it's a one in a million case where that's true but you could point to that case and say yeah this is our standard case and then of course the problem is when you everybody buys that pill and no one loses weight they go well what the hell and you go well actually turns out that was an outlier and you know your uh, result is pretty standard That's marketing bullshit, right? That's why no one likes marketers. And please, at this point, you should feel free to go look for uh, Everybody Hates Marketers podcast. It's a lot of fun to listen to. You know, it's a great French accent. He lives, he's a Frenchman living in Ireland, and I think that's amazing. Welcome to the future. The trick is, marketing is bullshit. And if if you try to learn bad tricks from marketers as a means of camouflage, where brand becomes camouflage instead of something that reveals, you're in trouble you are in deep trouble. As Simon Barrow once said, employer brand is, is the hardest kind of a branding to do because you can't lie. The second you hire someone and you tell them we're an amazing and diverse company and they show up and they look around and they go, no, you're not done. You are done. The lie has been revealed and they're immediately either looking for the exit or uh, mentally writing that unpleasant glass door review. Either way, not a good result. Not a good result at all. You can can't pull the wool over people's eyes. When I was a kid, I, I, I think I was probably about nine, maybe eight. Uh, I had a couple bucks I got from mowing lawns at my parents' house, my allowance and all that stuff, and I went to the Five and Dime. Yes, this is a real story. Yes, these things are actually true. Yes, there was a Five and Dime in Hohokus, New Jersey. These are all phrases that are 100% true, even though you don't believe it right now, but it's all true. I went to the local Five and Dime, a place where I normally get Swedish fish, one for a penny, and a person would spoon them out in the little baggies for you. And I went and bought this little plastic kind of BB gun thing it was called a pellet gun now of course this was the early 80s so obviously the times have changed and you're not just going to go buy a pellet gun or a bb gun just out anywhere um but you would get it and and then the the packaging look made that pellet gun look super amazing and you got it home and it like the pellets would like blink out of the out of the end of the gun they would like like fall out more than they were like thrust out. There was no range to it. The range was as far as you could fling them with your hand. It was crap, but the marketing made it look like this pellet gun did whatever. And the tr- and what does the mark what does the owner the, the marketer care? Your their job is to get you to buy because they know how hard it is and it's not worth it. If you've dropped $3, 3 measly dollars on this stupid little pellet gun, are you really going to bring it back? And is the owner of the 5 and dime or Walgreens or drugstore or toy store or wherever you bought it going to send it back? Is it really going to be worth it to them? No, you are going to screw over the customer because you know it's not going to bite you in the ass. And that's exactly what happened. I swallowed it. I hated it. And I, you know, my father took me aside and said, buyer beware. This is a good lesson to learn. And it's true. And it was, I wish I had had those three bucks back at the time, but there it is. But you can't play that game when it comes to employer brand. You cannot for a a second. You know why the the pellet gun trick worked? Because there wasn't anybody who had just bought the pellet gun standing next to it saying, hey, this was my experience, this is what happened. Certainly at the time there was no Google and there was no Facebook, and let's not talk about Facebook this week. Maybe we'll get to that next week because we got to talk about Facebook. There was no one, there was no glass door, there was no internet in which I could query and say, what was your experience with this $3 pellet gun and find out, oh, it's a piece of crap, got it, don't buy it, I understand. There was nothing like that. There were no Amazon reviews, there was nothing like that. There was no one standing next to it saying, don't buy that. And they counted on that. They knew as soon as I bought it, I would be disappointed, but that was it. That was the end of the transaction. When you're hiring someone and you have 50 white people who work for there and you're telling them that you're a, you're a diverse company, there are literally 49 other white people who could easily say, no, we're not. Have you looked around? No, we're not. And in fact, many of them have posted on Glassdoor, and many of them are easy to find on LinkedIn, and you can ask them a question, and turns out one of them is a friend of your friend, and you can easily make that connection. You can't bullshit people when it comes to employer brand, and every time you do, it will bite you in the ass. How do you make yourself look diverse when you're not? Well, go start by being diverse. An employer brand is not camouflage. It is not cover, it is not a distraction, it is not something that makes something brand new out of whole cloth. You cannot turn, as my mother would say, a silk purse out of a sow's ear. I don't know anyone who says that, but there it is. Um, You can't do it. You can't make it up. Can you find who you truly are and augment and polish and amplify? Yes. When you do that, for every amount of turning the volume up on a positive attribute, you should be fully aware that the negative attributes also follow suit. Whether you mean to or not, they will. So if you are, I don't know, you're Uber and you talk about the amazing cutthroat mentality of that company and how aggressive everybody is and all the developers are really good and you amplify that, we're a bunch of developers and we like to break things as fast as we can and we like to push boundaries and break rules and that sounds great and we're a company where everybody seems to be angry at each other all the time because they're incredibly cutthroat, because they're incredibly competitive, and that also seems to foster this weird culture where diversity and gender diversity and having an open, accepting, inclusive uh, culture is completely wiped out. We They do not like women or they do not uh, promote women. And they do not support women, let alone people who are different colors and sexualities and, and, and whatnot, right? This is both amplified quick interruption the goal here is to change the conversation around recruiting hiring an employer brand the only way we can achieve that goal is with your help and that is not with money not with sponsorship no no no, no. it's to just simply share us and review us simple as that just review us wherever you get podcasts share us on social media say nice things about us or complain about us I, that really is completely fair uh, that's all we really ask that's all thanks so much for joining us and uh, let's get back to the show How do I know? Well, for every time I heard about Uber being an amazing company, everybody pointed to the blog post last year or the year before that said, this was my experience in Uber, where a female developer or project manager said, this place sucked and I got sexual harassed pretty much 24-7 from the get-go. When you amplify one, you amplify the other. Why? Because they're connected. What's positive and what's negative is connected. It's true for you, it's true for your friends, it's true for your spouse or significant other, it's true for the brands you like, it's true for the brands you don't like, and it's very much true about your employer brand. If you try to polish how great and successful a person is, somewhere along the line you should also kind of be aware that someone's going to polish the fact that they're a jerk, right? They might be successful, but they're also a jerk. and. Many people will look past the jerkitudeness and yes, that's a word. I made it up, so it must be a word, uh, to get to, to appraise the success factor, but some people won't, and that's what a brand really is. It's about making those judgment decisions individually. I make that judgment decision about my Mac or my iPhone or my sneakers or my bag or whatever. I make it. I may be influenced by other people, but I make it. I make the judgment call as to what I'm allowing in and what I don't. That's a brand. And so if you are busy polishing up what's positive, doing the whole accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative thing, you can't eliminate the negative. In fact, for a lot of brands, what is positive is literally negative for someone else. For example, you want to talk about how Amazon is an amazing place to work, but it is cutthroat. It is brutal. It is Uh, critical. It is all those things. What attracts people is what repels other people. They're both true. So if you try and say, how do we show, if Amazon tried to say our employer brand is about touchy feely, kumbaya, fuzzy bunny, we're all in it together. um, You know, let's, let's hold hands and sing. You would say you're not. How do you make an employer brand that makes everybody feel collaborative when you're not? Well, you don't. How do you make a diverse employer brand make look like we're diverse when we're not? You don't. You don't focus on what's not true about your employer brand, about your employee's experience. You can't. You can't just pull something out of thin air, right? And don't try and do that bullshit marketing tactic, the other bullshit marketing tactic, where you try and make something not up, but you pick something completely unnecessary and elevate it to be important. For Here's a great one. And for you in the States, you know this one. You've heard this one a million times. For those of you not in the States, Coors Brewery is a uh, very large beer brewery like Miller and Budweiser. Again, if you're not in the States, I don't know that you ever heard of these brands. They're pretty mediocre beers. They're the beer that is on tap everywhere you go, and it's kind of whatever beer. Um, Coors beer is very much about cold-filtered, cold-brewed beer. It's always cold because it's of the Rockies, the Rockies being the mountains in the West. Now, I've never brewed beer. And I'm not a huge beer person. I'm more of a coffee person up until you get to whiskey and tequila. That's me. That's how you know. And you know that by now. I don't care about beer. It's not my thing. But at no point have I ever heard, and I do have friends who do love beer, at no point have I ever heard this beer was delicious because it was cold filtered or cold brewed or whatever it was. That's not a thing. It's not important. But because... Coors is the only one who does this thing, they elevate this completely arbitrary element and market the crap out of it until you think, wow, Coors is delicious because it's cold filtered. Well, it, it tastes like Bud and Miller, so who cares? And they don't cold filter, so it doesn't matter. So, But you, you elevate it. It's, it's a trick. It's a marketing trick. You see it everywhere you go. You see it everywhere. Uh, What was it, Saab a long time ago used to say better planes because we were born of airplanes or better cars because we were born of airplanes because the people who made the Saab and originally made the Saab all started by working on airplanes. So what? It was a crappy car. I hope you made better planes. But by picking an element that is differentiating, but is not differentiating in a meaningful way, but then elevating that meaningful, so it looks meaningful, total marketing, bullshit, stop doing that. So if you try to say that your employer brand is all about how you have 50 people or how everybody, oh, here's a good one, everybody who works there has a degree or a master's degree, so what? So what? What? Everybody who works there went to a Big Ten college. Everybody who works there has previously worked at a Big Four accounting firm. Everybody who works there used to work at one of the top uh, uh, consulting companies. So what? So what? That is not meaningful. That is not a meaningful distinction, not a meaningful differentiator, and it is useless. You are trying to pull the wool over everybody's eyes, and it doesn't work for very long. Why? Because people who know the difference are happy to speak up and say, that's bullshit, and they're right. So to the question of how do I make my employer brand look diverse when we're not, the answer is go get diverse. Yeah, yeah, that means things like quotas. Yeah, that means things like spending more time looking specifically for someone who has a different color Gender, ethnicity, uh, sexual orientation than you specifically saying, look, I'm not. I want to hire more people who aren't white dudes, and I don't just want to do it in HR. And unfortunately, HR ends up being the place where they, and they, you know. Ugh, it's, i really don't get that it really annoys the hell out of me you know how hr tends to be the place where um the diversity roles end up being filled where the white dudes get every other job but you know women and people of different ethnicities and colors and whatever they end up taking all the hr jobs it's crazy it's so strange i don't like it not just because i'm a white dude in the hr space but simply because it seems like if you're really meaning diversity mean it everywhere not just in you know one team or one or the other team anyway that was a tangent enjoy coming back um if you want to portray diversity you have to be diverse or you at least have to say how committed you are to diversity and you are still growing and you've decided this is a commitment you're making that maybe you're not diverse today but you are willing to do what it takes to become diverse in the next year two years five years whatever it is whatever your timeline is you can project that out and you say these are the things we're willing to do these are the things we're willing to change to make our make our company very diverse I don't know, comfortable, uh, you know, inclusive and diverse, but really really saying, look, we're willing to open the doors. Because historically, you look at that company that's 50% white people, and you go, well, clearly they've had the chance to hire someone who's black or brown or whatever, and they chose not to. And it happened at least 50 times, so what the hell, right? That is what every person who comes to that company who is looking for diversity is thinking. So you have to portray this. We are not diverse but we want to become diverse. We want an employer brand that is truly inclusive and that is a relatively new thing, and we'd like people to help us get there. That might be an interesting employer brand to work with. That might be something useful. How you tag that and make that sound interesting, I'm not sure, that's a separate podcast, but that's a way of getting there. If your goal is to become diverse, you can't simply use your employer brand to say, we'll pretend we are and therefore we are. Don't, doesn't work that way. You have to, Commit to being that, and then your employer brand can augment and amplify that, right? You can't be something when you're not. You can't portray about who you are when you're not that thing. It doesn't work. All right. Thanks for listening. That's a podcast. I'll see you next week. Uh, as always, if you want to bug me or ask, you know, argue with me, and Lord knows I like that, uh, at the War for Talent on Twitter, or go find the website, thetalentcast.com. Otherwise, I can see you all sorts of places like ERE next week. Like I said, find me. Say hello. Whatever. I'm not going to buy you a drink or anything, but, you know, hey, say hello. I'm a vaguely pleasant human being. Uh, this podcast notwithstanding. Um <laughs>